0: Hi, this is Jonathan, aka Roadblock, and I play Jonathan the Match Muscular, the Human Wizard.
1: Hi, I'm Jules. I am the Rock Gnome, Bernice Q. Burns.
0: Hi,
2: this is John, aka That Foam Guy. I'm going to be playing your half orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks, who was in fact raised by wolves and is too enamored of ale, wine, and other intoxicants.
3: Hi, I'm Jack Edithil, and I'm playing Travancore. A half-elf archer and the viceroy of Glenmar.
4: And I am Lauren, A.K.A. OboCrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, ladies and gentlemen. Last time on Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, Frulam Mondath is dead. The beloved has been recovered and activated, and a blanket fort has been constructed. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, a.k.a. Obo Crazy, and I'm once again drinking some Alaskan summer ale brought to me by friend of the show, Kyle, who left a wonderful six pack uh, a few weeks ago and I'm finally just finishing it and it is delicious and I love it so much. Uh, uh, Carlton, what are you drinking?
2: I am once again drinking a Moscow Mule and I've got the uh, proportions right this time, so it's not as bad.
4: Oh, well, you did have that giant mug the last time. That was Oh, kind I still of fun.
2: do, but I figured out the proportions for the giant mug.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> Travancore, what are you drinking? Hello, enablers. The voice Royce choice this evening is a Saranac Kolsch, brewed in Utica, Utica New York. Oh, Utica.
2: I you love it. You failed me, Moscow Mule Brother. Not this
0: week. Variety's <laughs> the spice of life. Exactly. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan Magic Muscular, and tonight I am drinking... Something very simple: a screwdriver. Because I have one more DNR in the fridge. I didn't want to drink it tonight. I wanted a screwdriver. Because screw you, death Also, hold on. <laughs> let me list down. Screw the Russians. I'm glad they did not win or even medal in the in the uh, relay. Screw uh, Al. Uh, what is the... There's is one asshole who's doing commentary on the women's gymnastics, and he is a total prick. Screw Slim that
4: guy. And once again, <laughs> we are now incredibly dated. Bernie, what are you drinking?
1: Um, I'm drinking, like, a really bastardized sangria. <laughs> <laughs> so I made amazing mango sangria when I was at the beach this past week, and I didn't want to let go, and I still had some coconut rum and some white wine. But I decided that since I didn't have mangoes or really any fruit juice, but what I did have was those little dull fruit cups. (laughs) What? (laughs) So I poured one of those into a cup and I added coconut rum and white wine and some random club soda that I'm pretty sure is five years old. (laughs) It's good though club soda doesn't go bad. And what's great is when I'm done, I have a spoon and I can eat the, the alcohol fruit with it. Okay,
4: you've now sold me on this. I was I was a little worried for a second when you are just like, I have a dull fruit cup, but now now I'm kind of no, sold. No, you just
1: pour the dull fruit cup into the thing, you add rum, you add white wine, you add a little bit of like club soda. You can add more fruit juice if you want, but it comes with a nice syrupy fruit juice and then you <laughs> <laughs> I Hey, it sure as shit Beads going out and cutting up three fucking mangoes.
4: That's
0: this fog, is true. That noise. Yeah. Yeah.
4: That's
2: way too much work for booze.
4: <laughs> As we all agree that cutting up mangoes is, is awful and no one should ever do it, you're currently right now not cutting up mangoes. You guys are in the main courtyard of this way station for a bunch of cultists that you've now slaughtered.
1: In the blanket fort. Yes. Yeah, so
4: uh, a very nice... Although a little rickety blanket fort has been created and currently doesn't actually house anybody because when we left you last, Bernie and Carlton were dancing to the music that was coming out of The Beloved that Soria had activated. It's only been a couple of minutes since that's happened. You guys have fully listened to the waltz. The Beloved is slowly playing through what sounds like a variety of different. Musicals songs. Uh, here's a, a nice jaunty tune that sounds like it's in a bar. Here's a, a very somber string quartet. It it seems to just change time and place and style on a whim uh, as it gets to the end of one song. It is, it is a weird playlist. Uh, eventually, Soria uh, has flown up to the top of the stables and is kind of keeping an eye out. It's still this dreary evening. It's kind of slowly moving into dinner time. It's still misty raining outside. Uh, Shadow has retreated bored into the blanket fort, curled up and is like half drowsing, half watching what's going on. And what would you like to do?
1: I would like to roll to continue dancing. Da well, the, the waltz has ended at this point.
4: There is kind of a, a, a rowdy bar song going on. So go ahead and roll me a performance
1: check. Performance. Performance was wisdom, right? Charisma. Charisma. Well, yes, that's not a thing I possess in spades. I got
4: a 14. That's not too shabby. Okay, you're doing a much better job dancing to the tavern music than you were to the waltz. Partially because, you know, it's it's tavern music and you you've heard this. You've danced to this before. And so you're you're kicking up, you're splashing around in puddles. You're having a grand old time.
1: Everybody knows
4: Jesus loves a good tavern.
2: <laughs> so like we're in the stables, right?
4: <laughs> so you guys are in the courtyard of this way station. Behind you is the main building where the where Frulam's bedroom was and the inn. To your left is the series of stables where there were a whole bunch of horses but as you remember when you came out the first time and got into that big fight the last of them were being pulled out by cultists so there are no horses at the stables right now. Across from you is a a big set of double doors that are the end Entrance way into the way station. They're currently open as people have been fleeing.
2: Okay. I want to go up to those and look out at the street and see like what kind of buildings and chaos I can see. Okay. But still remaining in the courtyard with the party.
4: Sure. So you kind of you stay inside, but just walk up to the doors and peer out. They're open wide enough for horses to go back and forth, but they're not like completely open. And as you look out, you can see that this is a way station that is about a quarter of a mile off of some sort of main road. You're in a fairly wooded area and you don't really see anybody else. You're, You're kind of alone. And off to your right is the smaller building that uh, has a door, and in the doorway was, uh, when you first came out here, there was a big fight going on. There was a couple people actually fist fighting. Now there's, everything is empty, like you haven't seen any other signs of life since you killed Frulem and came out. There's a couple of dead bodies in front of the door, and the door itself is ajar.
2: And if I, like, look out at the horizon, do I just see, like trees do i see like building other buildings mountains anything like that
4: you basically just see a a nice pine forest you're you're in a thickly wooded area this seems to be from your vantage point uh the only building around without actually going out and exploring the general area
1: is it weird that in my head we're now in wintertime russia it yes. is cold. It is raining, but it is a cold, like
4: it's that, that really dreary gray kind of rain that you think tonight could turn into snow. Uh, but, you know, it's getting towards winter, so that's actually kind of normal. And if you are where Jonathan told you the teleporter would take you, you're not that far from Waterdeep, which is a fair bit north of Greenest. Baltic.
2: <laughs> winter is coming.
4: Winter is is coming. So uh, is a I'm boss going it.
0: to grab my. <laughs> I'm going to grab my Pearl of Power and recover a spell slot. Okay, you do that.
3: I want to take a look at the pillow fort and see if there's a way to summon the teleportation circle there back to our pocket headquarters in case things go tits up with this dragon.
4: Okay, so you have the, the Black Bolt? Yeah. Okay, I'm assuming you've all been informed about how to actually activate the... Because I think Jonathan had it the last time, but you've all kind of been told how to activate it Mm
0: -hmm.
4: okay Yeah. yeah um you can you can activate it anywhere you know from what you've been told about activating it that summoning it inside the blanket fort the blanket fort itself it's large enough for everybody but it it's not very tall and so you'd all have to be kind of stooped over in a weird way so you might not want to activate it in the, the blanket fort, but you can definitely without issue activate it anywhere nearby if you'd like. Okay. Well, we
2: should probably do it in there in case the shit goes down. Be like, hold on, let me go get something out of the fort, and then you go in, and I'd be like, we go in like one time. Like, oh, let me go see what's taking him so long, and then I go in, and then Jonathan's like, man, those guys are taking a long time, and then he goes in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't have to steal yeah. the blanket fort.
2: I
3: mean, my main concern is that the fort is not going to stand under the scrutiny of a whole bunch of electric dragon breath.
4: No, but no. very
3: little will, yeah. in fairness.
4: Okay, so you kind of shuffle a Shadow out of the blanket fort. He grumbles a little bit. And he he goes around side where it's still part of the covered walkway and kind of sits down there where he's out of the rain. And you spend 10 minutes activating the teleportation circle that'll take you to the pocket house. The black bolt, as you as you kind of concentrate, as you've been taught how to do and then press the bolt into the ground it seems to evaporate into the ground and spread out in all directions filling the blanket fort with this bluish glow as a teleportation circle appears
1: now it's a magic blanket fort
4: now it's a very magic blanket would you actually like to go to the pocket house or you're just i'm just having activating it on the ready the circle
3: just, i figure okay. we can go if we if we decide to do that if not we can always just collapse it
2: afterwards do we know this is true. if there are size limitations to a teleportation circle?
4: You do not. Okay. You could roll an arcana check to tell I me if you know.
0: Add, or I will check. I will you check. Will, my you brain. will try to remember. <laughs> okay. Uh, 16.
4: You're a little unsure how big they can get or how small they can get. You do know that you can control the size to an extent. You're pretty sure that because of the way this bolt is enchanted, that you can't really futz with its its size, that it's going to create this forty foot teleportation circle no matter where. But you you think that there is some variation to how big or small this the teleportation circles in general can get.
2: I was just wondering, like creature wise, like can a huge, big ass dragon get teleported, or is he too big that like only his center would get teleported, and he's just like ah?
4: Uh, you think? It would be incredibly difficult for a huge creature like a dragon to get onto that kind of teleportation circle, but uh, Travancore, you would actually know most dragons, especially of that age, they have a lot of magic spells at their disposal and could probably manage something.
3: Okay. Well, this is pretty straightforward. I think it's a simple exchange. The only... I'm not planning to cheat that Tontor I don't I'm not know cheating
2: about rest but if, if, uh, not cheat well, him, but you never know. One
0: thing that was mentioned um, a- in a previous conversation was that this is a signal that anyone so attuned could pick up. So I think my concern personally isn't so much that the that things would go bad with, with Dantorvac. Uh, and we've dealt with Don Torvac successfully before. I think the issue is who else hears that and is coming for it.
1: I can find out! Can you? I have a spell for that and a deity. Okay. Okay. Tell me about
4: your spell and your deity.
1: What is it? Well, you know the deity, obviously. I. But.
4: Unless you've suddenly decided to change deities. (laughs) No. Never.
1: Hell, damn it! Bahamut is
4: always looking for those who would like to follow the Platinum Dragon.
1: <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm sure Bay will dye her hair at some point if we really need Platinum in our lives. Um,
3: <laughs> Don't pay him any attention.
1: <laughs> uh, where is it? There's a thing called. <laughs> if only there's a thing, clairvoyance. Do I have a third level? Dang. Do I have? A th- I do have one available. Okay. So. Um, clairvoyance it takes 10 minutes okay wait is this what i want no i just want to like no it's not clairvoyance it's just like it's a lower level spell than that because y'all talk about something amongst yourselves i'll give you a topic the waltz is not that much fun to discuss um <laughs> actually I, instead I will, of this
0: hold on i want to i want to chime in on this I think the waltz is quite fun. Jonathan, the magnum muscular, learned several waltzes in his time at uh, at academy, academy in uh, in Neverwinter, so he is uh, he is quite an adept dancer.
1: Augury, that's what it is.
0: Augury. Oh, augury! I have. Is second. that the the Wheeler Woe one?
1: Okay. Yeah. Augury. Augury. I knew it wasn't clairvoyance. I've had it for a while. Okay. So it takes a minute, not ten. And by, oh, do we? Okay, all right.
4: By casting gem and laid sticks, rolling dragon bones, layering out ornate cards, or employing some other divining tool, you receive an omen from an otherworldly entity about the results of a specific course of action that you plan to take within the next 30 minutes. The DM chooses from the following possible omens. Wheel for good results, woe for bad results, wheel and woe for both good and bad, nothing for results that aren't especially good or bad. Spell doesn't take into account any possible circumstances that might change the outcome. So there's the casting of additional spells or the loss in If you cast the spell two more times before completing your next long rest, there's a cumulative 25% chance for each casting after the first that you get a random reading. The DM makes this roll in secret.
1: Okay. Do I need to go find some cards?
4: Specially marked sticks, bones, or similar tokens worth at least 25. I, I would say in this case, since it does require something specific, I'm going to need... T! ...playing cards... T
1: we can do tea there is this sure. a bar there has to be tea
4: i will accept if you would like to read some tea leaves uh that would work uh, if you want to you could either go back into the bar and look in there or you could go into any of the other places looking for tea and read some tea leaves
1: i'm gonna go find tea
4: where would you like to look bar first okay uh give me an investigation check in the bar
1: Oh, it's intelligence based. Can I get someone with some high intelligence to come help me find some damn tea?
2: I'll help you find tea.
1: <laughs> I got a nine. Bernie goes
4: into the bar, and you gotta watch her. She's just like, "Tea, I need tea. I gotta find tea." She disappears in there, and she comes at back out like three or four seconds later, going, "I
1: need someone who's smart to find me tea." <laughs> <laughs> can I, if I cannot find tea, can we make a check for limits
2: <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm like, I'm smart. I can help. And then I rolled a 13.
4: <laughs> I will let you guys check for both lemons and tea in the same roll. Okay, so give me give me some investigation rolls. Mine was a 9.
0: 16.
4: Uh, Jenga, are you?
2: Uh, sure, why not? 10.
4: 10. And Carlton?
2: Uh, 13, because I'm so smart. SMRT.
4: You guys find no lemons and you find no tea. Seems like all that's left in here is uh, you do find a couple of flasks of water that have not been totally spilled open. You do find some more beer and one or two more cheap bottles of wine. Most everything else is just cups, plates, and or looks like it's been looted or ransacked.
2: I bring Bernie a bottle of beer. Say, I found some tea.
1: (laughs) Thank you. That was really lovely of you. Now, let's try to find the kind of tea that's made with leaves. Oh. This kind of tea is made with hops.
0: You can't like read bunnies? hops. Yes. Uh, I, I search around with the, my 16. Do I discover any tea?
4: Uh, Just in the bar area or are you kind of just in general in the whole way station?
0: Well, hold the whole way station. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spread a wide net.
1: Can I do a check okay. for a larder? How do you check for a larder? Uh, You can just
0: kind seller? of wander around.
1: I would do a wondering check.
4: Okay, Jonathan, you take a, a quick check through Frulam's room, thinking she may have a stash of tea or something somewhere, but you don't really find anything. Also, if you see any playing cards. You don't see any playing cards either. Her room is fairly spartan. There's not as much say, in there except
2: for the, the there clothing. There would be playing cards at the bar, maybe, from people playing gambling while drinking.
1: I, I got a 14 on wandering around.
2: Well, I didn't go okay. for that.
4: Jonathan, as you wander back outside and you're, you kind of eye through the stables, and then you head towards that other door where the fight was in front of. Uh, Bernie, as you wander around in the the bar area, essentially, you don't find any playing cards. You do eventually find a trap door in the back corner, uh, kind of in one of the corners you haven't been in. When you open it up, you see a ladder leading down to what looks to be a small basement, possibly a larder. It's dark down there, though. You don't...
1: Do you have, you have dark vision? I have dark vision. I can also cast okay. light as a cantrip, so we're fine.
4: Okay, you poke your head down. It's a basic dirt cellar. You do see a couple of casks that seem to be of beer. As you rummage around down there, you do find um, some salted pork loins that have been uh, dried and are still good. You find a couple of bags of flour and a few bags of hops, indicating that maybe this bar was, was trying to brew its own beer. Unfortunately, you do not find any tea or any playing
0: cards.
1: If I physically have tarot cards in my room, it, like in, 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 in my person? life, if I can find them, can we count that as a successful
4: role? <laughs> no, but hold on just a moment. So as you're poking around in the lauder and you, you find some pork and you find some flour and you find these other things, Jonathan, as I said, you, you kind of make your way around the stables. You go past the door and you end up at the door where the fight was happening. Do you want to go inside?
0: Yeah, yeah, let's go inside.
4: Okay, Uh, you push open the door. You can see that this door had been locked and was broken into. The same way Carlton had broken down a whole bunch of the other doors, there's just axe marks and the actual handle has been just broken clean off. And when you look inside, you see that this is a storeroom that has been heavily ransacked. The It's mostly boxes that have been broken into and uh some of these boxes have obviously been carefully packed because there is stuffing and sawdust thrown everywhere as people have pulled apart boxes looking for things anything that they can find uh roll me an investigation check to see what you find and I don't know what the rest of you would like to be doing at the, the same time.
1: I mean, I feel like if we're stocking up on supplies,
4: I'm writing in my
0: journal. they can come help uh, me Twenty
1: raid the larder.
4: Okay, Jules, if you'd like to get some help, you're not quite strong enough to pull any of this stuff up the ladder, but with some help, you can definitely pull any of the, the
2: supplies up if you'd like. I'm not much stronger, but I could help her.
1: He can help me. He's bigger. That's stronger sometimes. Not all the time. Yeah, no, it's not sometimes. like I'm
2: I'm strong or anything. I'm actually real weak. Well Carlton's real, real weak. writing
1: in his journal, so whatever. Sure. That's cool. Carlton's taking some time for personal reflection. So the like <laughs> wis- the two like arguably least muscular people are gonna go do some heavy lifting.
3: I mean, I can always have Shadow hold like the rope with his mouse Shadow's napping,
1: let him nap. It's
3: fine. Alright, fine. we'll we'll do it then.
1: The two of
4: you without too much difficulty managed to get everything up the ladder with the exception of the two casks of beer. The The large pork uh, dried and salted pork shanks are not really a problem. They're awkward, but they're not really that too heavy. The flour bags are heavy, but they've got handles on them. Um, you're going to need help with the beer. Jonathan, you said you rolled a 20. Yes. yes. Okay. You start digging through these boxes looking for... Anything that's left behind, and you quickly realize that the the stash of stuff that has been looted, not just from Greenest, but from all over the place. You, you kind of found a, a very brief listing in Furlam's room. This is where a lot of that stuff was stored. And so, as you're poking around and you see kind of the disarray, you get a sense that when cultists started to say "fuck it" and flee, they were coming here to grab whatever they could. So a lot of stuff is missing, but you do find some interesting things. Uh, you do find a box that is a uh, that's a jar, but hasn't actually been completely looted. It is a 38 piece dinner set, which serves 12. It's all of this really nice black stone with matching silverware and cups. It's heavy. It's like 33 pounds, but it's really nice stuff. You find some really nice rugs, a pair of super fine winter gloves with soft white fur lining. One of the boxes that you reach into seems to be just kind of broken into odds and ends. But as you get towards the bottom, you do find there's a couple of tins and when you open up one, it seems to be some, some pretty nice coffee. You open up another tin. It looks like these tins were grabbed because they're kind of nice silver tins. One has coffee in it. Another does seem to have some tea. And then you, you find a couple of slightly more interesting objects. Two of them which are kind of buried at the very bottom of boxes and were probably looked over. Uh, and both of them set off your, your magic sense. And as you reach out and touch them, you can tell that these are magic items. Well, one of them looks to be kind of a normal, well-made, well-used quiver. It's empty at the moment, but it does seem to be made of a very uh, really nice, supple, dark leather and when you pick it up, it automatically shifts a little bit in your hands as though it's changed to fit your shape. And under that you find what looks to be just a, a normal bright yellow bag. It weighs about a half a pound and when you pick it up it seems to be empty although you can feel the magic and when you pick it up there's there's something inside but you're not sure what it
2: is it's it's squishy all right uh let's open her up and
0: see what's in there okay when you open up the bag and look in there's nothing in there
2: do i overhear the other two saying they couldn't get the beer
0: hold on i want to take uh some of my i reach into the bag and fish around Okay, you
4: feel... Uh, Carlton, hold your thought.
0: Okay. You reach into the bag
4: and you feel a small fuzzy object.
0: I pull out said small fuzzy object.
4: Okay, go ahead and roll a D8.
0: Is it a triple? power,
4: Okay, you reach in. It felt fuzzy for a second. As you pull it out, the fuzz goes away and you've pulled out a crab. <laughs> and it kind of balefully looks at you and waves its little pincers at you and seems to be friendly. I say hello and it continues to just kind of wave its
0: pincers at you okay so I put the crab down
4: okay it
0: stays kind of close to you but it just kind of scuttles around nearby so all right I take the bag and I okay is the magic coming from the bag or the crab uh roll me an arcana check
1: he's gonna make a crab friend oh my god he's got crabs (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Ten. He
1: has crab. He
4: has single crab. He has crab. I'm sorry. What was your arcana? Ten. So you're holding this quiver that you think is magical. You're holding this bag that, even though you've pulled this crab out of and you've put down on the the floor, it still feels like there's something in there. It seems to be magical. Crab seems to be magical, but you're really not sure how. I or say, why.
0: hmm. All right. Well little crab friend I'm going to walk this way and if you follow me I'll know what's up because I think I know someone who might be able to use this quiver Let's go So I I I take all 3 magic items and walk out to where my group is does as I'm walking does the crab follow me It does It's
4: it's having a hard time keeping up because it is a regular-sized crab, which is fairly small. Okay. And so as you stride across the mud, it's skittering after you as fast as it can crab crawl.
0: When I see that it's having problems, I slow down and I put my hand down to pick it back up again. Does it come toward my hand or does it scuttle away?
4: It it doesn't really... It comes towards you and then it kind of just stops and it looks at you as though it's waiting for instruction.
0: I say, come here and uh, get into my hand, please.
4: And it goes... And it crawls onto your hand. I
0: say, Crab, uh, I am going to call you SpongeBob Claws. And so, Claws, stand here on my shoulder.
4: And it crawls off your hand and
0: onto your shoulder. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. <laughs> so, all right. I walk back to my, uh, to my de- to my companions. Oh, while I'm doing okay. that, I take out a heart tack, and I throw it into the bag.
4: Into the the yellow bag that you found. In the
0: yellow bag that I found.
4: Okay, you throw it on in there.
0: I take that my quarter staff, and I attempt to put it into the bag.
4: the The bag itself is only about you know a foot deep. It's a small. Okay, um, so it's not slightly larger than It's I, not I a see bag you it's you're whole. doing. No, it doesn't. It, it pokes around. You can, you still feel like there's some, like, you can feel the, 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 the thing that you threw in in there. You, when you poke around with the staff, you, you don't feel anything with the staff, but it feels like the bottom of the bag and you can feel that the tack that you put on in there. But as you kind of are holding the bag, it still feels like there's some small squishy object in there.
0: Um, is it in between the, the bottom lining of the inside and the line and the outer lining
4: no it feels like there's something else in that bag okay just like before when you were kind of holding the bag and you're like oh there's something in this bag it, uh, I, it still feels like there's something in there
0: i as i'm walking i'm kind of walking and i'm like claws do you know anything about this and the crab looks at you and clicks its claws together <laughs> so i um uh... I stick my head in the bag again, pull out my hard tack, and put it in my pocket. And I reach down and I really like feel around in there.
4: Okay. You feel a small fuzzy object.
0: I try and remove said fuzzy object. Okay. Roll a D8. Oh, God. <laughs> so many crabs. All right. Uh, I rolled a two. Okay. Out of the
4: corner of your eye, as you grab whatever this object is in the yellow bag and pull it out, you see the crab on your shoulder claws. Uh, suddenly vanish in a puff of yellow and gold sparkles, and he's gone. Klaus, no! As you pull your hand out of the bag, you are now holding a bat.
0: (laughs) Hello, bat. Bat, sit on my shoulder, please.
1: His logic is erratic. Potato in a jacket. It flies
4: up to your shoulder and it lands and perches there. It's a tiny little bat. It's it's one of those little fruit bats. It attempts to sit there comfortably, but obviously it's got to sit upright and it really doesn't want to do that. So you can see as you walk, it... But it does its best.
0: Okay. All right. I, I think I know what this thing is now. So, all right. I saunter. I put the bag and uh, I, I just have it in my hand. I also have... That new Halpert that was uh, that I was that I recovered, and yes. that I'm now familiar with. So I ca- I'm walking up to my compatriots, and I have just a bag like hand, arms full of stuff, and I'm yep. like, "Hey guys, let's divvy this shit up." <gasps> Sounds good to me.
1: Wait, am I there? Are we all there?
0: I think we're back by that point, right?
4: So while Jonathan has been gone, uh, Carlton, it sounded like you overheard your friends having problems in the larder
2: i did I, I think I overheard them saying we did we couldn't grab the beer uh
4: I, you would have easily heard the two of them complaining about the inability to grab beer
2: uh, uh hearing that we'd have no beer, I immediately put my journal down and go get some beer for them from I go help them with the beer
4: okay so you you head into the bar you see that they have pulled up four fairly large uh salted pig haunches, two bags of flour, and they're currently. Looking down into this hole in the ground, essentially under this trap door where there are two more casks of beer. And if you would like to help them with that, I it's not going to take very much. Okay. It's it's a simple matter.
2: Because we can now stock our house. For
4: you to go down there and basically hold up the, the, the barrels over your head. And Bernie and Travancore are able to grab them and, and get them onto solid ground in the, the bar.
2: Hey, guys, we should make a caskerator at the house. Agreed.
4: And at this point, that's when Jonathan arrives.
2: Hey,
3: buddy. What
1: do you got there? What's his name?
0: Is it Batty? I say, okay, guys. It's Bruce Wayne. First of all, (laughs) Travin Core, I believe this is going to be useful for you. And I hand him the quiver.
1: Thanks, man. That's nice of you. Can I put my hand in the animal, in the thing?
0: Uh, One moment. I want to touch
4: the bat. Does it have rabies? Uh you pet the bat and it just kind of looks at you. I wanna I mean, hold it's, out it's, it's... my
1: finger so it can hang on my finger.
4: It looks at you and
0: it looks at Jonathan. I say go ahead and hang on her finger.
1: It hops
4: onto your finger and it immediately hangs upside down. It's it's a cute little furry bat. While she's playing with the bat, Travancore, uh what Jonathan has handed over to you is an empty quiver. It seems to be made of really nice, worn, dark leather. And when he hands it to you, it was sized for his muscular torso. And as you take it and hold on to it, it it almost seems like it alters its shape a little bit, especially the the straps. And suddenly it, it seems to be something that would be perfect for your size.
0: Wow. This is pretty neat. Carlton, I need Everybody. you to hold on to this for me, and I hand him a Halpert. Ooh. And I, I kind of look at sharp one
2: and sharp two, and I'm like, ooh, ooh.
0: You, I think ooh. just normally you can just clack it to your ooh. back, like, uh, like the mythical halo ooh. thing. I, I don't even know. I'm speaking in tongues again, but I think ooh. you can just clack it onto your back, ooh. and it'll stay there.
4: Not really, but <laughs> we can look for a magic item that does that.
0: I have two sharps.
4: So what Jonathan hands over is the, it's a familiar object. It's the the very dark, smoky halberd that uh, Frulam was holding onto that she never actually got a chance to use. Jonathan, you know what that thing does. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to tell anybody? Yeah, I'll, I'll share it with the
0: group. I will say that what this halpert does, it is a dark halpert. You must attune to it. So if you do want to keep it, Carlton, you'll need to spend a little time with it. It is, an, it is normal, except it does an extra uh, and a little bit of uh, necrotic damage. If I had to speak to it in terms of the universe, uh, 1d4 necrotic damage.
4: And Carlton, as you hold this thing, it's a black lacquered halberd with silver kind of inlaid into it that seemed to be in smoke patterns. And you can swear when you focus in on this thing that there's some dark smoke rising off it all of the time. And if you would like to attune to it, you would have to spend a short rest attuning to it. Jenga, you can also feel the the quiver that Jonathan has given you does seem to have some magic, obviously, in it. And would take some attuning if you would like to use it.
0: Okay.
1: Do I have to attune to the tea?
0: Uh, no, here's your tea. Thank and you. And this <laughs> bag appears to create tiny animals when, <gasps> when you pull from it. So if animal. you pull them... Okay, and I hand it over to, to, to Bernie. Okay. Even though, because I, Here's yes. your
1: bat, and I hold out my finger. And the bat d- does like
4: one of those flying hops over onto Jonathan's shoulder and continues to try to balance there. Bernie, as he hands you the bag, um, you can, it's a s- small, bright yellow bag. It seems to be, you know, about palm sized, and it feels like there's something already in there, like something small and squishy.
1: I hope it's. What do I do? So I when
0: re- if you want to, if you pull, an a creature out of there, it will replace this bat. So this <gasps> bat will disappear, and because I already lost my crab friend, but so if you if something happens to this bat, I'm pretty sure you can pull a new one, and it'll it'll take the place of uh of Batty here, creative name.
1: This is a moral <laughs> dilemma.
0: I know. <laughs> Um, I want to consider, is this bat considered a living creature such that is its annihilation is something that we should be concerned about?
4: Give me either a nature or an arcana check.
0: Arcana, because...
4: Either of you can do that. If, like, if you would like to actually examine the bag that it came from and give me an arcana check, or if you'd like to do a nature check on the bat...
0: I'm doing an, an arcana check things. on the bag. Sadly, it's only a 14.
1: I'm going to do a nature check on the bat. I got a 17. Okay. Bernie, as you do a nature check on the bat,
4: it's obviously a magical bat, but in all other respects, it seems to be a normal bat. It seems to abide by all the rules of nature. You can feel a magical presence off of it. Otherwise, it it seems to just be a bat. Jonathan, what was your arcana again? 14. Okay. Uh, You spend a moment. So you kind of hand Bernie the bag and then you switch back again and you take back the bag and she takes the bat and she is examining this tiny little fruit bat and you spend a moment and examine the bag and as you examine the bag you actually ascertain its nature and give me a second all right it's 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 kind of long so i'll give you the basic rundown of what you have found you have found a yellow bag of tricks that basically as you've ascertained every time you reach into it you pull out one of eight different creatures, depending on a random roll. You can do this up to three times per day, and then the, the bag has to reset in the next morning. The creatures that you pull out are by all means normal creatures. They, are, they have all the same stats as what you would expect, and they stick around for 10 minutes. So, or until they drop to zero hit points. So, if you pull one out during a fight and it gets hit, it'll last until it has zero hit points, or until ten minutes is up, or until you pull another creature from the bag, as Jonathan has already found out.
0: I say, well, I guess I'll see you some other time, bat friend. D- so, uh, delving into my thoughts here, if let's say tomorrow, so so in a few minutes my bat friend will disappear. Yes. If I, if we pull another bat at some point, is this the same bat? Or are we just creating tiny, adorable creatures that live for 10 minutes and then cease to exist?
4: You're unsure, but you get the sense you're creating tiny, adorable creatures that exist for 10 minutes and then cease to exist.
2: Oh, ooh.
1: I'm sticking my hand in there. I want to see what else comes out. All right,
2: I say a,
0: goodbye, bat roll friend. A d8. This, Doom this is not This got dark. This Doom. got real. <laughs> Doom is not Bernie, as you reach into
4: the bag, you feel something small and furry. And as you pull it out, uh, Jonathan, your bat friend, it disappears in a shower of golden glitter. And go ahead and roll, Bernie, a d8. I got a two. You got a two. You pull out another bat. Oh! Yay. <laughs> and it looks at you with big fruit bat eyes and Aww. it clings onto your finger and hangs upside down.
1: Hello, bat friend. I, you have about 10 minutes to live. How would you like to spend your life?
4: And it blinks at you and it has big ears that it kind of is turning this way and that.
2: While they're playing with the bat, I go out in the courtyard and start test it, trying out maneuvers with the halberd to kind of get used to the feel of it.
1: <gasps> I want to okay. send my bat on a mission to find lemons. Just within this, like, compound, though, I don't want it to travel so far that it can't get back in time.
2: It'll be gone in 10 minutes.
1: So you hold up the bat,
4: and you instruct it to go search out lemons, and it goes, and it starts to fly out away, and it goes, and it circles the room, you see it eventually go into Frulam's room, you see it then fly out the door, and it seems to be searching high and low for lemons. It's a fruit pattern fine. Travancore. What are you doing with the quiver?
3: Well, I'm, do, I am don't know if this counts as a short rest that I could use to attune to this device.
4: Yeah, if I'm, if you guys would like to take a short rest, the bag doesn't need attuning. The quiver does, and the halberd does.
2: Do you want to join me in the courtyard to practice pulling from that quiver? Actually, yeah. I kind of want to put
3: my hand Target in and see what comes out of the quiver.
4: Okay, uh, so you go ahead and put on the quiver. <laughs> you take a short rest uh, and attune to your items. Carlton, are you proficient with halberds?
2: Let me pull up my... I'm 90% sure I'm proficient with all weapons. Okay. Uh, so that is a martial melee weapon. It is.
1: Can I be boiling some tea while he's doing this since that takes about 10 minutes?
2: Absolutely.
4: You You very quickly find... You can't find a teapot. But you do find a pot that is clean, and you can start boiling some water for tea.
2: I am proficient with simple weapons and martial weapons, so yes. Okay.
4: All right, so you attune to this halberd. Um, Travancore. you put on this quiver, and you attune to it, and it it's, it fits to you as though it was made for you. It's it's kind of eerie, and uh, go ahead and roll me an arcana check.
3: Okay. No bonus there.
0: Four.
4: Okay. It's a magical quiver. Cool. You're not exactly sure what's going to
0: happen to it. Hey, why don't you put a couple of arrows into it and uh, try pulling them and see what happens?
2: All right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta like get a feel for it. So in the heat of battle, you can just be quick with it. All right. So I take two or three practice. of my
3: arrows, I I place them in the quiver and I okay. I I I draw an arrow from the quiver. I grab an
2: apple and throw it for him to shoot in midair like a like a clay disc. Whatever they're called. Okay,
4: you stick two of your normal arrows in there. Carlton throws up an apple. Go ahead and roll me an attack.
2: Okay. You got this, buddy. I believe in you. 15.
4: All right. Uh, you pull one of your arrows out and right through the, the apple. No no problem. You reach back and grab your second arrow and uh, go ahead and roll another attack as Carlton throws up another apple. Okay.
3: 27. Natural 20. Drink! Drink on killing an apple.
1: Drake.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them apples, am I right? Today's the episode of Mixed Feelings. We're killing small animals. I'm destroying the food that I love. <laughs> <laughs> you draw your
4: arrow and pull back, and it this flies true, and you've never seen an apple that has been split in in such exacting halves. It is eerie. And then just because you're you're caught up in the moment of like one arrow, two arrow, you automatically reach back into the quiver, even though as you do, you know it's empty, and you draw an arrow.
3: Oh, Whoa, shit. That's pretty cool. So it like an unlimited arrow type deal? Well, you now have an arrow in your hand. Oh. All right. I want to fire this one, too. Okay,
4: Carlton, are you still throwing apples?
3: Yeah. Fuck apples. Right. All right. One more. 20. Not natural.
4: As you fire this, you feel like this arrow is is- there's a magical charge to it. It's a little bit more powerful than you expect. And it hits the apple with a little more force than you anticipate. Would you like to grab another arrow? Would you like to do anything else?
3: I want to try and hit something that's not an apple. Like, maybe a door somewhere to see what kind of... I don't know, damage I would do to the door. Just, I don't know, I don't even care. Like, the door to the bar. I'm just trying to fire one more arrow to the door to the bar.
4: You reach back into what you know is an empty quiver and pull out an arrow.
3: Okay. And I fire. 17.
4: Okay. It, once again, it feels more powerful, it feels a little more accurate, uh, you're not exactly sure why, and slams right into the door, no problem.
2: Okay. I'm picturing a...
4: You feel like you've attuned to this quiver and you've got a a general idea, but you're gonna need to examine its properties a little bit more to really understand what it's doing. Can I help?
2: Since I'm outside with you, I'll look at your back. Yeah, you know
3: what? I am going to talk to my magic buddy once we have a free moment. Alright, can I check his back for him? Yeah, what do you look... do you... What are you looking insp- for?
2: I'm not good at Arcana at all.
4: <laughs> hey. you can you can Perception the quiver, you can Arcana the quiver, whatever you'd like to do.
2: Oh, I'm gonna Perception the quiver okay. then. I don't perceive shit. <laughs> I, I your roll. I get a
0: twenty-three it's with eight. my Arcana.
4: Okay, Carlton, with your eight, it is a empty dark leather quiver that is perfectly sized to Travancore. Uh Jonathan, what was your roll again?
0: Twenty-three.
4: Okay, you reach out and you've already kind of sussed out some of the magic on this thing while, while holding it. And now as you focus your attention on it, you know exactly what it does. And so there's the, the full write up. But to give you the short round, as you already have figured out, it produces arrows. It's a bottomless quiver. Sweet. It makes lots of arrows, but they are pretty powerful arrows. They are plus one magical arrows. So you get a bonus to both your attack and damage roll of plus one nice. when you use this ammunition. Holy shit. Damn, son.
0: Nice. Good shit. Good shit. Yeah.
4: Also, as you stand out in the courtyard of this thing firing, Soria has been kind of sitting there the whole time. She's still been listening to the music. She's watched you. Um, She said, I haven't seen Thondra
1: yet. Have you guys seen him? No, nothing. I haven't seen him. Nothing yet. I'm getting a little worried. I want to read my tea leaves now. Has my bat friend found any lemons?
4: Uh, A few moments later, he comes back and uh, is struggling because this is a tiny little fruit bat. He does seem to be carrying a very small lemon. It is still like half his size. He gets into the room and vanishes in a puff of golden glitter. And the small lemon he was carrying goes onto the floor in front of you.
1: Oh. Thank you, bat friend. Okay, I feel like there should be a bonus, given I'm praying to Queen Bay, and I found a lemon to use in my tea. <laughs> okay, so tell me a little bit about this okay, spell you're so about to cast. I'm gonna make myself a cup of tea and I'm going to squeeze all of the lemon juice into it.
0: Oh okay. I feel like
1: that's creativity and bonus, and that's in my wheelhouse because Bay would totally sip tea and also drink lemonade. So there we go. And how
4: you're selling this? You're super (laughs) selling this. So is this augury?
1: Uh, this is augury. Uh, so I receive an omen from an otherworldly entity, A.K.A. B, or B, depending on where you're from, about the results of a specific course of action that you plan to take within the next thirty minutes. The DM chooses from the following possible omen: wheel, W-E-A-L. Is that how that's pronounced? Well, I believe so. Well, or with it. wheel wheel and wheel. wheel. Wheel for good results. Woe for bad results. wheel and woe for both good and bad. Nothing for results that aren't especially good or bad. The spell doesn't take into account any possible circumstances that might change the outcome, such as a casting of an additional spell or loss or gain of a companion. All right. So very specifically, I'm going to ask, I'm going to sip my tea and pray, and I'm going to tell Queen Bay that we're about to hand over the beloved to the dragon, Thontorvac, and i want to know if that will end happily or poorly for us well we've activated the beloved and we're going to hand it over to Thoth back, supposedly will will the beloved end well or bad for us is that do you guys have any ideas as to how to word this
0: no that's that's fine Your dude's good yeah okay
4: you Swirl your tea. It's a really nice, rich black tea that you found in in a very intricate silver tin. And as you drink it and you pray to your goddess and finish the tea and look down into the the tea leaves, you swirl the cup a little bit and cast the spell and stop moving the cup. And the tea leaves continue to swirl swirl and swirl and swirl and swirl and swirl. And eventually they rest in a pattern that leaves you feeling a little bit of wheel
0: and a little bit of woe. Excellent. While Bernie is casting her spell, I think on our my departed bat. And I'm like, man, is that bat. Having a creature friend is pretty cool. And I say, one moment, I'll be right back. I run back to where I found the tea and attempt to find the components for find familiar.
4: Okay. A uh, you search around find familiar. What are the components for that? Uh charcoal, incense herbs that must be consumed by fire in a brass brazier. Okay. You you actually have most of this stuff on you. They're part of your component pouch. You do actually also find some more incense in in a box, so kind of to supplement your stuff. And you do know that there are, um, you can actually see from where you were in the, when you exit the door of the storeroom, there's the courtyard, the middle of the courtyard is taken up by the the beloved still playing. Uh, Soria is sitting on top of where the, the stables are. And there are actually a couple of braziers. They're currently unlit, positioned throughout this area, assumably for
0: night deliveries. Okay. You see three of them. I take one and I begin casting the spell. Okay.
4: You spend an hour in kind of the rapturous intent of this brazier. If if any of you guys go outside in the next hour, you will see Jonathan just kind of very slowly, methodically speaking words under his breath and throwing things into a fire that he started in one of these braziers. The smoke from this thing changes color as you are speaking these words and adding the components from through the the entire rainbow of colors. And after an hour, uh, is there anything during this hour any of you guys would like to be doing?
2: Uh, I want to ask you a mechanics question. I want to take go for it. You said it was dark. Does that mean cursed, my halberd?
4: That was not what I meant. But if you were curious about it being cursed you could talk to some of your arcane friends to check into that by dark I literally meant it's black and it does necrotic damage
2: <laughs> and since it's a reach weapon I know that means I can hit with an extra five feet does that mean I have yes. disadvantage if I'm at five feet like if I'm right up on nope. it I, okay that wasn't sure
4: nope you just have five extra feet okay so Carlton is still out in the mud in the rain playing with his his new toy Uh, Bernie curls up in the blanket fort with her yellow bag of, uh, creatures of, of almost, you know, three a day, not really endless, but endless creatures. And, uh, Travancore, what would you like to be doing for the next hour?
3: Huh. I'd like to know more about my, uh, my bottomless quiver. I want to try and, uh, well, I guess I already have the idea of how it works, but I don't know what it's going to do with my specialty arrows or, or anything like that. So I'm trying to see if there's a way to intuit that without having to use one of those arrows.
4: I'll roll me a intelligence check. 16. You think that the specialty arrows are not going to be affected by your quiver at all. Kind of the same way when you put the regular arrows in there and just pulled them out and fired them. And they seem to act like regular arrows. The specialty arrows really won't. Change at all, but you do know from previous experience firing the specialty arrows, once you've fired them, they've activated. So, testing them may not be a good idea,
1: yeah.
3: So, in that case, I put my uh quiver away, I grab the beer that carl Carlton grabbed for us a while ago, and I take a sip out of it.
2: I- I'm-, I'm careful not to have
3: too much. To, uh...
2: You're not drinking from the cask ones, right? You get the ones from the bar. The cask is for the house. We're stuck in the house with all no, the no, food no, you guys No, 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 you got up. me
3: You got me beer last episode, right? Remember you came back with a... When oh, you yeah, yeah, you didn't drink that one already? No, I didn't have a chance oh. to. Slacker. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a sip of it. I'm nursing it. Not. I don't want to get too intoxicated because, you know, there's a dragon on the way, supposedly. So just enough to take the edge off.
2: So we're going to be here for an hour while he's doing that. I could start ferrying things over to the house. Do you... Do Wait. Party, do you want me to f- start ferrying things to the house?
3: Oh, I'll help you if you want, if, I, if that's what I'm we're saying, going to I'm saying,
2: do we want to split the party? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Cause, cause
4: always. It, you always want to split the party.
2: Because he's doing his hour thing. I figured I can get a decent amount of the food stuffs to the house. Let's stay together for now. Let's just...
1: We got a dragon on the
3: we way. We got
2: time to take care
3: of it, presumably.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah.
4: So for the next hour, as you guys sleep, relax, drink practice. Soria continues to so just kind of keep an eye out and listen to the music. Jonathan, eventually you come to the end of your ritual. Uh, what would you like to
0: summon? I summon a pygmy owl.
4: You complete the spell. You speak the last few words of the ritual, summoning this specific animal. And are you summoning a celestial fiend or Fae?
0: Uh, We will go with celestial.
4: You add those words you throw in the last little bit of charcoal as you do the brazier flares with life and then snuffs out as though it's been doused with water steam starts to rise the this part of the courtyard goes dark and then you almost feel really <sighs> soft ghostly wings it's so cute. no it's an owl it's an owl.
0: It's so cute.
1: <laughs> I mean, Having a crisis.
4: <laughs> and uh, Jonathan, in your head, you don't hear words exactly, but you hear us. You you feel in your head emotions and and a question, as though it's asking, "What do you want?"
0: I say, "Hello, friend." I, well, I really just. Wanted a tiny, cute, flying friend. What's your, uh, do you have a name? Can I call you something?
4: You feel a question in your head as though it doesn't quite understand what you're asking. And you get the sensation that it, where it comes from, doesn't really have a name. What what do you want to call your tiny little owl friend? Well, I tell my tiny little
0: owl friend, Hedwig. My name is Jonathan, the Magimuscular. That is what I call myself. I will call you... Allie McAlface. Buxton Bertram Bellwether. And for short, I will call you Bucks. Okay. You feel
4: as though this creature has accepted this name and... As your vision clarifies, as you've been kind of like wrapped up in your head, completing the spell, talking to this, this feeling that's in your head, and you open your eyes and sitting on the ground before you is the, the tiny little owl that you pictured in your head. And it goes, and on almost silent wings, flies up and lands on your shoulder. All right. And you now have a tiny little pygmy owl. From above you, as this owl lands on your shoulder, you hear a chuckle, and it's this deep rumbling chuckle that shakes the building. And <laughs> How
0: adorable. Hello, Thontorvac. I need you
4: all to roll perception checks.
0: That dragon's a sneaky motherfucker.
1: <laughs> he is a sneaky motherfucker, but I was napping, so whatever. Yeah, Jules, you are woken by this chuckle. Could be worse. I could be woken by death. This is very All right, true. I got a 12.
0: 17.
4: And Carlton? uh, 10. And Travancore,
0: 23.
4: Okay. So you all hear this. It's it's very obvious. Here, let me actually... I will roll for Soria. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. You all hear this chuckle. It kind of shakes the ground, and immediately Travancore and Soria... Their eyes dart to the top of the main building, the one that housed the 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 tavern and the bedroom. And you don't immediately see anything. And then you see indentations in the wood of this building that seem to be claw marks. And the the wood of the actual roof itself is creaking and straining in a way that is unnatural considering there's just some light mist and no wind and once again you hear this low rumbling voice say well now that you've all had a lot of fun playing with your animal friends shall we conclude our business and very slowly ahead appears as though out of nothing and just peels back out of invisibility. You see the the blue head of the adult dragon Thontorvrak as he lowers it down. The invisibility continues to peel back and you see that this giant dragon is currently curled on top of the building wrapped around it almost like a snake coiled around a, a spire and the building is holding his weight but just barely and he is large enough that his he's able to look down almost into your eyes just kind of bringing his head down and he says, well I would clap, but I'm just too comfortable up here. Oh shit, he decloaked <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kinda, yeah. He can fire well cloaked guys. And he says, I see that you were successful in your your little adventure.
0: We were. We tracked down Fru Lam and killed her ass. <laughs> Fru dath Fru dath Fruly, just call her
1: Fruly. It's so much
0: easier. (laughs) And uh, I'm like, Soria, could you bring over the item, please? She... pauses for a second because she's up on the the
4: side of the stables and while she's not at the same height as the Unterfax, she's a little bit higher than you guys and she pauses for a second and then kind of gathers herself and flies down and lands in the mud but before she can actually approach the Beloved which is still slowly spinning and playing some music it's actually at this point playing some some sort of ballad you hear a singer singing in Elvish about love and loss and the loving of losing things and ballads. Before she can actually reach out to grab it, Thunder speaks up and says, oh, don't bother. I've got this. And he whistles in a very high-pitched whistle. It's almost, it almost, you almost feel this whistle. It's so (laughs) high-pitched. And the beloved slows and stops, and the music comes to a halt. And then it lifts further off the ground and then slowly floats up to him and sits kind of in the air next to his his head. And he kind of looks at it sideways for a second. You see it rotate in the air a couple of times and he says, hmm, unharmed, that's good. I Fully expected to find it in pieces. Not through any fault of your own. I just figured that there was a good chance Frulem had just broken it out of space bite or at least torn off a corner it's good to see that it is unhurt and unharmed you have no idea how glad i am to have this back and especially to have an excuse to no longer be near those cobalts disgusting creatures anyway i believe we have some business to take care of should
1: should we all like come out there because right now isn't it only jonathan uh at the moment it's jonathan Soria.
4: Carlton and Travancore are all kind of out there. You're out there. You're just, unless you decide to stay in the Blanket Fort, you curled up in the Blanket Fort and took a nap.
1: I, I should probably wake up for my nap and come out of the Blanket Fort.
4: <laughs> oh, as soon as Thontorvec started to speak, it woke you up. I want to come uh, out. But whether you come out of the Blanket Fort is up to I you. I want to
1: come out of the Blanket Fort. And I want to be like, Hi, Thontorvec! Fancy meeting you here. And then I want to look over at Jonathan And I'd be like, "Ooh, an owl. (laughs) And I want to go up and I want to pet the owl. Okay.
4: Jonathan, does does your owl, I mean, it's friendly towards your companions. Is it okay with it being petted?
0: He looks, Bucks looks at, looks at uh, Bernie and then kind of cocks his head and then does this. (laughs) I want to pet
1: it, and I want to say, you are small like me, and we will be small together, and I will call you Porkin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He gives you a... Seriously? (laughs) He gives you a seriously look.
4: (laughs) And Jonathan, in the back of your head, you do hear the feelings of this owl very, very recently summoned by you. Uh, The conflicting feelings of enjoying meeting your companions at the same time, there is a giant blue dragon over my head. What have you summoned me into?
0: I say, Bucks, it's okay. This is the end of a storyline. We'll be fine.
4: I say, Thontorvac, we have a new friend. This is Porkins. Thontorvac, at this point uncurls himself from the building and you see his giant claws reach out and down into the muck and the mud of the main courtyard as the building creaks and shutters part of the the ceiling uh, the roof finally gives way as his full weight kind of shifts onto it. And it goes and shudders inside. And he basically walks around the edge where the stables are to stand in front of the, the main doors that exit this place. The beloved following behind him obediently just by his head. And he comes to rest, once again kind of sitting almost cat-like in front of the doors, and says... I'm acquainted with those kind of celestials and it, he kind of gives the owl a look and a nod and the Jonathan you could swear this owl shudders a bit.
0: I say I I'm I do this and I start petting bucks and I think to him it's okay pal we'll get through this. It's a bonding experience.
4: Fontervrack says, "So You've upheld your end of the bargain, although I will say, through no small help of my own, I I did manage to get all those cobalts off of you. You're welcome, by the way. Thank you. Thank you, young lady. I did promise you a reward for the successful recovery of my beloved, and I am a dragon of honor. Did you have something in mind, or were you willing to accept
3: suggestions? I'm listening. As am I.
1: (laughs) I would look at... I mean, I'd pick up what you were putting down and read it.
4: He almost grins at you a little bit and the beloved winks out of existence. It just kind of... and is gone. And he says, In my decades, I have run across a variety of magic items, some of which are very useful, some of which are less useful to me, but might be of use to you. I am a collector of sorts of a very specific kind of musical artifact. And I do have a couple that are not as musical as I would like. So I'm willing to give you one of several different objects I happen to have access to at the moment. And before you, on the ground, in the mud, appears a table. And on the table, you can see three things. Uh, One of them seems to be... A small dark globe. It's a sphere that seems to be about mm, a pound-ish, and it's just kind of sitting there. Uh next to it is a very unremarkable hat. It just seems to be a, a small brown cap that's just sitting on the table. And next to it is a black uh, metal rod that seems to have a button at one end.
1: Can we Roll perception checks on the things. on. If you'd like to walk up to
4: the table, Fontervac continues to speak, and if you guys want to roll some perception checks, he'll say, so I think any of these would actually be very useful to you, especially if you decide to take me up on my offer of searching down some more artifacts. The globe is... Not really necessary for me, but... And he looks specifically at John and Jonathan and he says, ah, Humans can't really see the dark. Maybe, maybe you will find this useful. The hat itself, I find amusing for those that cannot actually cast disguise themselves. I don't have any problems hiding, as you've probably figured out, but you might find it useful. And the rod... The rod has been useful in the past, but at this point I have better means of securing my belongings.
3: Thantavrak. Yes? When I listened to the Beloved play music, it was sublime and otherworldly. Is there anything on this table that will make me feel even close to what I felt when I heard that music?
4: Of course not. It—that That is... The Beloved is something that I have been accumulating over centuries of effort and work. It is a unique item. It is something that... I alone have been able to procure over millennia of finding the correct bards who play at the highest levels. You've been granted access to it. And if you're ever interested in listening to it, I'm always interested in listening partners, if you are a fan of music. And he gives you a, a sly look, and I'd like you to roll an insight check. Okay. Actually, a decent bonus for that.
1: I got a 13 on my perception. Well, not that it helps
3: that like rolled a natural one. <laughs>
1: Good job.
4: Okay, Bernie, hold your roll for a second. So uh, you rolled a natural one. What? What is your actual...
3: The score is four.
4: Yeah, hanging out with a blue dragon in his lair and listen to music. Sounds like a great time. He seems like a friendly guy. Why not? <laughs> As this goes on, so the rest of you... Uh, so Bernie, what was your perception check? 13, not well. Carlton?
0: I will arcana at the orb. Fourteen for a perception.
4: They, it seems to be a rod, some kind of metal. It seems to be a hat, and it seems to be a, a dark globe. It seems It's like a, a fist-sized globe. Uh it seems to be made of a, a dark glass.
2: Thontorvec, my great dragon, may I ask you a quick favor? I know you've been so generous. May I try on the hat while we're deciding to make sure it fits? I have a very large head. <laughs>
4: <laughs> don't you know what a hat of disguise is? It's magic, of course it'll fit. That's the
2: point. The the sharp thing means I don't need the dough magic.
4: The sharp thing means that I should have known you don't need to know anything intelligent. That's fine. Try on the hat. Damn. I, I try on the most.
1: hat. I'm going to take a sip of my tea at that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's none of my business. <laughs>
2: none of my business. <laughs> I try on the hat.
4: You put on the hat. You have a hat on. Would you like to roll an arcana check and see if you know how to activate it? Think of something
0: deceptive.
4: Okay. You roll an arcana check. Uh, Jonathan, give me your arcana on the globe.
0: Damn Uh, 16.
4: (laughs) It's something that you've actually heard of before now that you examine it. It's called a drift globe. It is basically a source of light. It'll... On a command word, emanate light as though it it had cast a light or a daylight spell. It'll follow you you around in the air and you can use it once per day. It's got some other properties uh, that once you've kind of had a chance to examine it more closely, you can ascertain. But in general, yeah, it's going to be a, a light source that follows around at least 60 feet from you at all times. Well, okay. Carlton, what's your arcana check? Six. Okay. Hey, I think this hat is magical.
2: (laughs) It makes my head all tingly. It does. I put the hat back on the table.
4: Okay. Fontorvax sees you do that and chuckles. And looks over askew at the three of you and says, Well, if any of you who actually have some intelligence would like to inspect these items, I see your wizard has already taken it upon himself. Listen, listen, half-orc man, there is nothing here that can stab or shoot things, so just sit there quietly and wait until a choice is made,
2: okay? But that looks like it can hit things, and I point at the metal rod.
1: No, 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 let's sit quietly. I like the quiet idea. Listen to your
4: smell, gnomish friend. She's obviously taken none of your brawn and all of your brains.
2: Well, while they're doing that, Thantavac, how was your day?
4: Well, it's a lot better now that I have my beloved back. Thank you for asking. I want to
2: try on I the hat. I figure while they're doing that, we could have a friendly conversation because I'm not allowed to ask questions.
4: Can I try on the hat? Bernie, why don't you try in the hat? Uh, Travancore and Jonathan, what are you guys doing? I'll examine the z- rod.
1: I rolled a five, so we're golden.
4: If you'd like to play around with it, you can. He, the Andrevac doesn't seem to so be stopping I take you from the picking rod. it up and putting it down. I
0: handle the rod very gently. Oh, I five. put my hands like... On the rod, and I'm kind of looking at it, and I kind of like, Are you like slide it? my magical fingers down the rod, and and then back up just to make sure I'm nice and thorough. Are you working the shaft with this? Oh, uh, I, I I am examining the rod, sir. This the is... rod. Can you know, I? Get... I don't
1: think you guys want like a an like a parental advisory on this podcast.
2: <laughs> There's been a parental advisory on this podcast since episode one. <laughs>
0: For good reason. And I get a twenty seven with my with my gentle arcane Fondling. stroke ache.
4: Okay. And Travancore, what are you doing while Jonathan is wanking
3: off a rod? I'm continuing to examine the uh the drift club and trying to see if I can activate it.
4: Okay. With Jonathan's instruction, you actually um you can use some of your ranger arcane knowledge. You pick it up, and you go ahead and roll an Arc- arcana check. Jonathan Uh, What you hold in your hand is an immovable rod, and if you place the rod somewhere, even if it's in space, and click it, it will stay there, magically fixed, pretty much unable to move, defying gravity, and holding a lot of weight.
0: Hmm. If only I had two, so I could...
4: So you can pitons?
0: Yes, exactly. You can
4: actually just go buy pitons. Uh, Travancore, roll... What was your arcana check? Nine. Okay. You're pretty sure that you know what to do. You speak the command word. It doesn't work. You speak the... You try it again. You think you've got the accent a little wrong. And then it lights up. Hmm. And so basically it just lights up as though... A light spell was cast on it, and when you let go, it starts to hover there in the air. As you move, it follows you, and it always seems to stay within 60 feet of you.
3: Well, I mean, this would be a lot cooler if I didn't have dark vision. <laughs> I put it down.
4: And Thunderback and says, well, maybe not as-, as useful for everybody.
0: I say, if it's all the same with you guys... And I kind of like start doing little tricks with the rod. I'm like, I'd like to keep the rod.
1: What does the rod do?
0: You click the button, and then it stays there. But The hat looks really cool.
1: Oh, but I like the hat that disguises you.
0: Hmm, that's it's pretty good. That's pretty
2: fun. Hat, hat, hat. Okay, I'll all right. Hat. The
0: the hats have it. I, I put down the uh, rod back on the table.
1: I can I keep it on my head? Who's gonna take the hat?
0: Hmm. Roll ups. <laughs> Well, I, I just like to point head. out actually no, I did get something. I got a familiar. But I haven't gotten oh. any loot in a while.
4: Well, I I'm I'm asking like who's going to pick it up? I'm assuming it's like head. It's on my head. With a lot of these things, it's not I'm asking who's going to take it forever and ever and ever. Amen. Oh. So Bernie, if it's currently on your head, yeah, uh, you can take some time and attune to it, and uh, I will, I will send you the information about it. But it is a hat of disguise. While wearing it, you can uh, use an action to cast the disguise self spell from it at will, and the spell ends if the hat is removed. So I'll send that to you as you pick up the hat and you put it on your head, and you guys all kind of decide on this. Thalnerve goes excellent. Finally. and the table and the other two objects vanish, they kind of mist into nothing and Thantorvac says, well with that out of the way before I go I did have one other thing I wanted to talk to you about as promised, if you were successful in this little endeavor, I said that I might have some other items I would be interested in you procuring for me are you still interested?
0: I say, Thundervac, your offer is most generous, but since we are far from home, we're going to go and return to Greenest first and, and then and, and then help rebuild the town, at least for now. However, if there's a means to contact you, we may, we may take you up on that offer at some point uh, in, the, in our future.
4: Fair enough. Do you have a card? I've better than a card, little one. And in front of him a very small stone appears. It's only about two or three inches oval, and it is kind of this rough grey, and it lands it, it floats down to float in front of the the five of you, the six of you, I guess with the owl now. And floats in the air and he says, this is Ascending Stone. I assume those of you who have the intelligence, and he kind of gives Carlton a side eye. Those of you who have the intelligence it's sharp. can actually activate it. I have the other one. If you are ever interested in some eh, work for hire, I will say that I am very generous with my vassals. I am able to offer both gold as well as more magic items if there's anything you are interested in. And Soria speaks up for the first time at this point and says, "Well, what, what, what are you actually looking for? What, what is it that you could possibly want? That it, you know, you, you, your dragon can't you just go get it?" He says, "There are some things that have been lost to time, and even I cannot find them. And there are some things that the lesser races have a better chance of finding." I find that my vassals have talents that even I have a hard time matching. Specifically, I'm looking for any of the fala instruments. There are seven of them. They are legendary. And I mean to collect them all and put them in the hands of some of the greatest bards of our generation. Are you familiar with them, Little Hawk? And she kind of nods her head. And if you guys want to roll history checks...
1: (gasps) I thought we decided she was a chicken.
4: What you decide and what she actually <laughs> is are two different things.
1: <laughs> oh, shit!
2: Bernie knows everything.
1: Apparently!
3: Wow, art imitates life! Carlton?
2: Drink. Eight.
4: And Travancore? Also eight. And Jonathan? Fourteen. And Bernie? I
1: got a natural 20. <laughs>
0: Drink. Any bonuses to that?
1: <laughs> what? No bonuses! That's the hilarious part! I suck at intelligence, Jack.
4: <laughs> Alright, well, with that natural 20, as he says this thing about the volunteer instruments, you you have this moment where you are brought back to uh, what was, at this point, no more than a couple of days ago, where you were in the loot room in a mine in a mad wizard's lair and you'd found this giant blue book that at the time you kind of looked it over because you were looking for something else but you distinctly remember that as part of the loot that you gathered up there was this giant blue leather bound instrumental symphony by (gasps) volunteer do we still have it uh, it would be part of the loot that you've got all just kind of sitting in greenest, <laughs> sitting in Leo's house at the moment, in in the the his monk house.
0: Well, I guess we have some reading to do. Looks that way.
4: Do you actually say anything out loud about it?
0: I say we'll keep our eyes out.
1: Open, also open.
4: The stone continues to hover there, and he says, "Excellent." If you are ever interested in searching these out, I will pay a handsome sum for their recovery. Just use the sending stone. Send me a message. I will find you. And with that, he finally spreads his wings and leaps up into the air. And you can feel the downbeat of the giant wings as he... And as he starts to glide away, he says, Remember... You're mine now. And he flies into the darkness and is gone. And the stone continues to like float there in the air in front of you.
0: I say, there may come a day where we regret this. I finish my beer. (laughs) Okay, so what Bucks does is he watches very intently... Thontorvac fly away. And as Thontorvac spreads his wings, he spreads his little owl wings, like trying to do an imitation and tries to take off in the same way. But since owl wings are different than dragon wings, he kind of like doesn't quite make it off and then just like scrambles back onto my shoulder.
4: You can feel as he scrambles back onto his shoulder and his claws dig back into your shoulder. They They aren't digging in tight because he almost fell off. They're digging in tight because... That was an adult blue dragon, and and you still feel the, there's no fear there, but there is a roiling confusion of, what did I just get myself into? What did I just get myself into? Meanwhile, Travencore, uh, you with your dragon knowledge, go ahead and roll me a history check. I want to
1: look at the owl and go, oh, Porkin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bucks gives you an owl side eye.
3: The can dice do not like me so far. Five. You Can I at
2: least call him Bebo? You can call okay. him Bucks.
4: With a five and with your dragon knowledge, you don't think that those parting words were anything more than, than just his ego. Like, you didn't feel a spell or anything, but you do know that blue dragons really like to have ownership of people. Oh,
1: great.
3: This is one of those gradual things, I figure. You know? Chance to get his hooks in us, so to speak. On one hand, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. On the other hand, the offer to listen to the beloved again is very tempting.
4: It was probably some of the best music you have ever heard, and that includes from your time in your homeland at court. So there's that. <laughs> and then the the stone continues to float there, and Soria kind of points to it and says, um. Does anyone want to take that? It's kind of creeping me out that it's still just kind of floating there.
0: I'll grab I, it. Yeah, I was about to say, I think uh Travancore should have yeah. ownership of the stone.
1: Casey wants to go listen to records with the Draken. <laughs> you grab it. Uh you can so amongst all of the
4: other shit that you guys have picked up, you can also now put down that you have a sending stone. If you wanted to examine it further, you would you would pretty easily figure out exactly what it does. Um I'll I'll post all of the details, but yeah, uh, you have one of a pair of sending stones.
3: I also breathe a sigh of relief because you know, after all of this, this officially means Green is safe as far as we know
0: yeah we've we've- we've accomplished our mission.
1: We think there was still an army of
4: cultists, and Surya speaks up and says well does does that mean we're going back now? Are we done? Can we go? this place
3: is creepy? We should go um, I'm down with that like. I'm trying to figure out how we're gonna get back to Greenest if if we don't walk. Like, is there a way to
2: Well Jonathan, to you said we're right outside Waterdeep, right?
0: Right, so if you wanted, we could right before we head back go to Waterdeep to maybe procure cart and horses so we don't have to walk.
2: It's Waterdeep. It's it's the big city. I was I was also wondering, my my family's home is not too far. Maybe I can go home and kind of uh visit my old house. Or the and ruins that was actually of my home.
3: Thinking of procuring a sword that didn't rely on muscle so much as finesse.
2: Well we could we could uh stock up in Waterdeep and if the party would like to, it's not too far off the beaten path to kinda banana up to my home.
1: Where's your home? I thought you were raised by wolves.
2: I was. Outside Waterdeep. But I was grew up in a ruins of a city.
1: Okay. Yes. What is your what is what is your mom gonna make cookies? Like,
2: no, my mother's dead.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Um, what about the nice portal we've opened to the place we've lived? And at that point, Soria speaks up and says,
4: a "Portal to place you lived? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just gonna go downstairs and go back through the the portal, right?" And she points to the door that you guys had come out of when you first arrived here, and says, "I." this trip to Waterdeep sounds like fun and seeing your home sounds like fun but uh, I, I gotta get back I got I, 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 I can't be gone from uh, Greenest too long for my own reasons as she's
0: like kind of going on I go and I put my hands on her shoulders and I'm like Soria you've been amazing yeah let everyone know that we're okay that the town is safe and we will return soon
4: okay You. so you guys are gonna stay here in the mud and the and the everything because I'm gonna go back I'm done here I think. I mean, Waterdeep sounds totally cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, I would love to go shopping for some new instruments, and uh, I would love to... I, if you guys go searching for these Fallateer instruments, I mean, those are legendary instruments. Those are the best things ever made of ever of all time. I would love to get my hands on those and play those. Those would be amazing. But, like, my brother is gonna come back to Greenest at some point. I really need to go back there.
3: Okay. I give, I give Soria a hug.
4: I hug her leg.
3: Group
2: hug.
4: <laughs> She's... Startled a little bit by this sudden outpouring of of physical affection, but then after a moment, she grabs onto you with two arms and two wings and and joins in group hug.
0: Yay, team hug! Yay.
1: Also, what about what about the like guys? What about the portal we opened to the pocket universe?
0: Oh, uh, let's let's do let's go rest there. And yeah. so I take out the nut and I I do the thing. Well, it's it's open it's already.
1: Open. Oh, That's right, why right. I was like, so why are we leaving a portal to our home?
0: Oh, Open. Right, right, I'd forgotten. I've been a lot a lot's happened in the last hour. You
1: got an owl.
0: I have an owl. <laughs> I have a bud. A oh. lot
3: has happened. Soria, if you can still hear me tell Terrace we said hi. Okay.
4: I'll I'll do that. Like she you're still hugging each other. Okay, so like right. you're talking about the house and everything as, as you're hugging well, and I, I really kind the of Okay, she lets go and she uh, collects her stuff and says, "Okay, I'll go oh, oh, make sure the Sor-
0: terrace and Soraya, everything's okay." One moment, and I pull a yeah? note in uh, that's been sealed by my wax seal, and I hand it to Soria, and I say, "Could you deliver this for me?" Ooh, you know, who I wonder to. who
3: it's going to. And
4: she turns it over, and then she gives you a sly look, and she says, <laughs> "Oh, I think I do."
1: Darvine <laughs> and Jonathan sitting in a tree. They can't kiss cuz he'll get burned. For <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> 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 I I let,
3: let Travancore as a character. Let's out a legit belly laugh.
0: <laughs> burning
3: sensation when with her? <laughs> burning sensation.
4: Soria takes the letter and stuffs it into uh, one of the pouches that she has and kind of readjusts her pack and says well, okay, then. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that moment. You know I have really good eyesight, right? And then she starts to dart off.
3: <laughs> oh, Bernice, Almost, I almost forgot. Do you want to burn something to the ground before we leave? <gasps>
1: oh, let's burn something
3: we, You to know the what? Ground. I, I feel like we always say no to you. And, you know, we're, we're going to the pocket dimension anyway. And, you know, we, I, I feel like celebrating because, hey, the town's safe. You want to burn down the bar?
1: <gasps> let's burn down the bar.
3: At this point, Sory is
4: at the door, which leads down to the basement of the She'll bar. She'll be out. That- and yeah, she says- How long it's going
1: to take me to douse that thing? Please don't burn anything until I'm gone.
4: And then uh, I guess I won't see you for a couple months if you're not going to come back this way.
1: Okay, goodbye. And she darts back down below. It's going to take okay. me a while to douse this place with alcohol and find some matches. She's fine.
2: I can cut it up into smaller pieces of timber for you.
1: No, we're going to douse it in alcohol and then I'm going to use sacred flame to light it on fire.
2: But we can drink the alcohol.
1: We've got plenty of alcohol. You've got a magical jug that makes alcohol. Calm yourself, Iago.
2: Let's save one cask, but the rest of it can go up. Well, we did at least two casks in the house.
1: You guys should probably start folding up all the blankets of the yeah. Fort Kick-Ass so we can take them.
2: While she's dousing the bar, I start folding blankets, bringing the casks over, all the foodstuffs that we can get. Putting them on the teleportation circle so that way we can get ready to teleport our house goods to the house so we can have a home instead of just a house.
4: Okay. Do you just want to put them on the teleportation circle, or do you actually want to teleport them and bring them into the house?
2: Uh, I'm gonna do it in one big go, so I'm gonna get them on the circle, and then, you know, as I get everything, then I'll go and teleport it to the house.
4: Okay. So mark down you you've got so one of the two kegs of ale. It sounds like. Does you're gonna
2: okay.
1: there's, liquor, so two though. Of there's liquor behind the bar there's, yeah, the, there's, the, the, regular, there's the stuff
2: that's already been tapped there's the liquor so the two unopened casks i'm taking with us
4: okay uh, and you've got three large uh salted basically pork carcasses uh big slabs of pork you've got the bag of flour all of the other sundry stuff that Jonathan found. Did you want to take any of the other stuff that was from the the storage room that you found, Jonathan? Besides the couple magic items you found.
0: Uh was there any? How do you feel particularly... about those rugs? Are you afraid of those rugs? The rugs? No, I'm good.
4: So you you had also found you found three cotton rugs. Each were three be- feet by five feet, rolled up in a corner. Uh, two are blue and one is silver with a flower pattern woven into them. Uh, you found a pair of thick leather winter gloves lined with soft white fur. They they actually reach up to the elbow, Bernie. They would pretty much reach your shoulders. And you found a thirty-eight piece dinner set
0: for service for twelve. Oh, guys, sure, we need furnishing for, for our home. So yeah. yes, I, I will take all that.
1: Fantasy okay. IKEA. That's, that's, we're turning our pocket Where house into a pocket home. Made of shitty goods.
4: Okay. The rugs are not heavy, but they're a little unwieldy. Um, The leather gloves are just gloves. The 38-piece dinner set is a 33-pound box that Carlton pretty much has to, to... handle on his own unless two or three of you want to drag it on over. But, you know, I'd say in the next hour, you guys not only loot the place for everything that you found, uh, drag out the food, Bernie, you're able to find half-opened bits of alcohol here and there. You find lamps that still have little bits of lamp oil, and you thoroughly seed the, uh, the inn with just as much flammable alcohol as you can. And after... About an hour, you guys are standing in the, the mud, and the, the rain is still kind of coming down in little drips. Every All the blankets are folded up and ready to go. You're, you're just packed and ready to go.
1: You guys ready for this? I
2: make sure I leave enough room on the teleportation circle for the four of us, or five of us, because Shadow included, can still, like, I kind of stack it up on tap of it so the five of us can still fit there with all the stuff. That way we can enjoy the burning as we teleport away. <laughs> can I get a beverage to go with
3: my burning since my beer is done?
1: No. We'll get you a drink when you it's get home.
2: It's already been home. poured out on the bar. Aww. Yeah, wait till we get home. Wait, oh, wait, are going to use the jug? Yeah, yeah. Just this
1: once? I think I made mayonnaise sure. with that jug earlier today.
2: Hold on. Today? Hold on, one second. Uh, Lauren, I'm going to text you something.
4: Uh, no, the last time you used the jug was you made mayonnaise. It would have been considered a day ago. It would have been considered a sunrise ago, so you can make something. Yeah, hold on, one how second. How about
3: some beers? Let's celebrate. Oh, oh no. What's he, going on? There's... Lauren, I think you're going to get a text pretty soon.
2: Not right. right. for me, though. All right.
3: Like I think I'm gonna drink something. Supposedly it's gonna be beer, but really it's gonna be mayonnaise or poison. I
2: hand it. I what I go the else can it and make? And I hand it over to Travancore.
3: I smell what's in there.
1: Okay,
2: roll me a perception check. Okay,
3: watch me roll a one because why wouldn't I roll a one? Eighteen. uh, Carlton
4: hands you the jug You look into the jug Expecting to see and smell beer As you look into the jug It's much more clear for beer I mean, it kind of looks like water And as you smell, you you distinctly smell a little bit of salt
3: Hmm, okay You know what? It's a good day I don't think it's going to kill me I I drink Okay, it's salt
4: water It's kind of (laughs) disgusting
3: And I spit it out immediately On to Carlton
2: I, I go I, I kinda I kinda brush it off, I go, worth it.
3: Go ahead and roll an attack. <laughs> well, I roll a natural one, so I miss anyway. <laughs> okay. Oh wait, it's a ranged um, attack? Do I get my bonus then? No, you're not, and you're well, not it is a natural one. Yeah. You do get your bonuses. It wouldn't matter. mattered. Yeah, apparently. Actually,
4: but he is he is proficient in ranged attacks, but he did roll a natural one. You do hit Carlton, you hit everybody else with, with, with a little bit of now spitty salt water, just <laughs> everywhere. Shadow gives you kind of this blinky look as you just get salt water into his
3: face and everywhere. Funny jokes.
2: Funny and jokes. And I look at him like, did you really think I would whisper poison <laughs> to, this. to you?
3: I don't know. If the mood has shocked you, maybe, but probably not. I figured it was going to be a look at him and go, I am hurt by this side of things.
2: This hurts me. Carlton has, he may not be smart, but he has feelings. I look
1: back at Carlton and I say, Carlton, you're not hurt by this. Don't worry. It
2: hurts my heart. Not my body, but my heart.
1: No, you're fine. I'll heal that.
2: And then we watch the place burn to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: just
3: kind of roll my eyes. I don't even respond.
1: No, okay. You guys have obviously seen the Adams family movies. The one where Wednesday Adams is at camp and she literally roasts her counselors on a spit.
0: Yes. Oh. Yes. And they're like canoeing down the lake and the camp is burning in the background.
1: And she's just fucking serene. I, with that, with the serenity of Wednesday Adams committing her first murder, before, I'm before going we to do cast
0: that,
2: just one thought. Should we clear some of the shrubbery and brush away from the thing so we don't actually light down the whole forest <laughs> or the whole town? It's
1: raining, district. guys. Well, oh, fair enough.
3: Compelling uh, argument. Yeah, it's it's raining. raining. We'll just hang out to make sure it's controlled.
1: <laughs> it's fine. Do you know how hard it is to for pine to light? Gosh, it'll just smoke forever. I have forever. a very low
2: intelligence.
1: Yeah, well, lucky for you, I work at a state historic site. Um, I thought you worked for Queen Bay. <laughs> Bernie, however, is just smart. Yeah, just smart. Gonna cast Sacred Flame, and I—I I don't know if you want to do a uh, dexterity or saving a throw for. <laughs>
4: no, the the house, the inn will not roll a dexterity saving I throw. I just you... snap
1: my fingers twice.
4: There is a brief moment where nothing happens. She snaps her fingers and. You just hear the gentle sound of the, it's not really rain, it's just kind of drizzle. And you can kind of feel the mud still in your feet. And then over in the corner, as something just caught fire. Not exactly sure what, but probably one of the the leftover half casks or something just goes up in a gout of flame out through the hole that Thontorvrak had made in the side of this building. And then very quickly, you can see the entire inn light up. The windows start to shatter as flames just take over the inside of this place. You smell a variety of things on fire, some more pleasant than others, some of them the dead bodies of the people that you've killed some of them ale, and the whole thing just very quickly catches a very cheery reddish glow as the sun is finally setting off in the west and the, the darkness is now descending and the house and everything is on fire.
1: Yeah. We look at it
0: like mm, nice. Luke looked at the binary sun as the John Williams score <laughs> that was specifically written for Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks swells in the background Bomb. Oh, and as Ocean's Eleven looked at
3: the fountain at the end of the first movie. I believe party.
2: that at this point we start teleporting. It's up
3: to you. Yeah, let's just, it's perfect. Let's just walk off into the, uh, should we hang out to make sure this fire doesn't burn out of control and, like, destroy? Oh, the sacred uh,
1: flame. Look, okay, so here's my argument. <laughs> the DM can decide. This is the sacred flame. Literally, what this is is a cleansing fire of cultist activity in the name of Queen Bay. Yes, which is now taken
4: root and seems to just be a regular fire, taking <laughs> <laughs> taking hold of all of the flammable liquids that you've poured out all over the I was like, Oh I,
3: man, it's that box canyon all over again.
1: <laughs> I ain't bothered. I ain't bothered. Are you
2: bothered? I'm just saying, I'm as the place around us size. goes up in flames, we might not want to be still standing in the middle.
4: And you do notice that like the fire has started to spread over to the side building uh, on your left where the, the storage area was. I guess we should go.
2: Yeah.
3: Okay. Let's head right. out. So we start this is teleporting. Else's problem now. They didn't want a fire. They should have let cultists in their town.
4: Okay. You guys all concentrate for a second and take the teleport, taking you to your safe little pocket house in your safe little pocket dimension, taking with you all of the As stuff
2: start, that you brought like, with you. Dematerializing, de- like fading out, like they do in the movies. I'm like, should have grabbed some tables and chairs while we were here.
0: And then you hear the screen goes black, and then you hear. <laughs> Fuck <laughs>
4: <laughs> and you'll you'll just have to remedy that situation next time on Dungeons and Dragons and drunks as We'll end this this chapter of of the game, and next week we'll get together and you'll be in your your pocket house, your little pocket dimension for accounting's sake, just so you know you activated the the bolt two hours ago, so it has been active for two hours. You're back at home and we will pick up next week at home with all of your stuff and you can decide where and what you want to do from there. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or at our host podcast at Glibshark or www.glibshark.com and see you next encounter.